This week on The Reverse Stick, a couple of Australians talk to a Dutchman in Belgium when Ernst Bart joins us. Frank and Nine's Chapter 3, the villagers grab the torches and pitchforks and it's one step forward, two steps back for the Pro League. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. My name's John Lee. My co-host is Matt Allen, and he's standing just across the bench here from me. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I'm good, John. I'm feeling energised. We're um, taking a different tack tonight, and we're going to try and stand up through the broadcast to keep the energy going, keep it upbeat, and keep you guys... uh informed and entertained. It's something we have trouble with on a hockey field at times, staying upright, but uh, we'll attempt you, to get through the whole you, show. You more so than me. You, <laughs> you, you tend to fall over and get concussed more often than I do. Yeah, it's a uh, very entertaining show coming your way today. Ernst Bart will join us uh, to talk lots of different things about hockey. So yeah, Ernst Bart from bhockey.com, that's b-hockey.com out of Belgium. He's also involved with some great stuff um, on the coaching side and uh, yeah, looking forward to bringing that interview to you soon. Plus we've got a couple of things we've got to get through as well with uh, Frank and Nines and a couple of things going well, on. Well that, that hasn't gone away since last week as we expected and uh, yeah, um, some rather explosive stuff appeared on a blog uh, in the past seven days uh, with regard to some goings on at the FIH and we look forward to having a chat about that and bringing that to you if you haven't already seen it. Uh, but we first of all, there's been other stuff going on in the world of hockey. Oh yeah. News. Now where do we start? Uh, uh, Pan Am Youth. Pan Am Youth Games, the Fives uh, tournament now, which uh, was uh, qualifiers for the Youth Olympic Games coming up. Yep. On the uh, women's side of things, the uh, Argentinian girls got up over Uruguay four nil in the final there, and it was a double for the Argentinian. They won the men's title as well. They got over the top of um, oh, Mexico. Mexico for the men's thing. Uh, yeah. 3-2 in the end. So I, didn't call that, I didn't call that right. I think uh, last week I said I reckon it would be a Canada versus Argentina final in the men's and Argentina would win 3-1. Uh, Canada, I think, got a 6-0 win in the, the third, fourth playoff they against did over Paraguay. Paraguay. Yeah, yeah. Paraguay yeah. And Mexico came third in the women's side of things. So Mexico had not a bad tournament. Fantastic. There. Home soil in yeah. Guadalajara. Yep, we'll get there one day. Well done to everybody involved there, and um, looked like a fun time. Oh, much, much social to, media. Yeah, m- m- yeah, fantastic stuff coming out of uh, Pan Am Hockey Federation. Plenty of coverage. You could you could get on and see some of the games being streamed live there. We uh, will talk a little later on about formats of hockey. Maybe okay. the hockey fives Maybe. is one of the formats that will fit in. <laughs> Maybe not. And we had the Asian Cup qualifiers going on as well. Oman winning that tournament there, 2-0 over Bangladesh. Yeah, well we spoke before about Oman having a, a, a pretty good series at home there prior to this tournament with uh, Pakistan and Japan both involved with that one. Um, uh, Bangladesh scored a hell of a lot of goals in the tournament. The other, the other side that we mentioned last week, I think, that was second at the table at the time, was Thailand who'd scored a bag full of goals. Uh, Thailand went on to finish fourth place. Sri Lanka finished in third place in the third, fourth playoff. They had a 4-1 win um, in that game there. So, well done. Some uh, good stuff there. Yep. And there's also some news coming out of India with the 8th Senior National Hockey Championship for men going on in Lucknow in Uttar Pradesh. There's uh, four pools with five teams in every pool. They play um, a round-robin series. Uh, The top two teams from each pool 
go through to the finals there and uh, that playoff basically a knockout competition from there and as we speak they're on a rest day before the finals Matt that's right quarter finals are coming up so we've got the uh, uh, I'll go through the fixtures Railway Sports Promotion Board take on Punjab and Sindh Bank now, of course Railway, Railway Sports Promotion Board won the women's title mm. oh, what was that going back maybe a month a month ago or so uh, beating uh, Madhya Pradesh in the final there beginning um, of February that was that's right Start of Feb. The Comptroller and Auditor General of India team will take on the Hockey Punjab. Taxman. Air India Sports Promotion Board will take on Hockey Odisha. I'll tell you one day about my game against Air India. Um, <laughs> and to round it all out, the game number four, Petroleum Sports Promotion Board take on Hockey Chandigarh. Nice uh, to see Hockey Odisha in there being such big supporters of Indian hockey. Absolutely. The finals being played there on Sunday at 3pm local time so uh, it's a pity that competition's not being streamed not having a crack at any anybody about that it's, that would be something I'd like to see that sort of competition it certainly seems something which is quite pure to Indian hockey and would, well, would yeah. be a good watch it, well, I, I think so uh, moving on have we got any more news uh, there's a series happening in where are we uh, is it in Spain at the moment Spain uh, Women's Series, um, which is obviously all geared towards leading up to the uh, the Women's World Cup for those teams that aren't involved in the Commonwealth Games. Um, there's lots of little tournaments that are happening around uh, ha- Europe at the moment. So Spain, Germany and China. They're, they're play- Germany and Spain are playing in Malaga. We've also got... Um, in Malaga. 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 Malaga for Malaga, the European listeners. Uh, yeah, apologies there. We do have a suburb in locally that we call Malaga. I'll have to start calling it Malaga and all the locals will look at me in an odd way. No, uh, no, no odder than they normally do well, anyway. That's mate. true, yes. Uh, Spain are playing China in Malaga as well. We've also got Belgium playing China in Brussels and then the, the uh, Commonwealth Games kicks off. So com- of course it does, but there's still stuff happening in, in, in all over the world. Uh, the States have got something lined up pre-World Cup as well, haven't they? I think it's... Uh, yeah, there's stuff. Play- oh, look, there's plenty going on in the hockey world. We could go. There's been national championships, junior national championships going on lots here in of, Australia yeah, lo- as well. Lots of cup com- competitions for club yeah, sides yeah. across Europe as well, particularly some of the junior competitions. Well done to Ennis Scorthy. We'll mention Ennis Scorthy a little bit later on from from Ireland there as well. And I noticed again over the weekend there was a, a few few hockey games didn't go ahead as well. I saw one poor team. I think that they've had seven games this season. <laughs> Like it wouldn't matter for some parts of Europe whether you've got the indoor season across Christmas or not. It's snowing in bloody March. See, this is why I think that they should change the international hockey calendar to reflect what's going on here in Australia. So they should match it up to our season. Forget about those problems. So our winter season, everybody else is summer season. Yeah, basically. Like in Doesn't it make Hemisphere. sense though to have that whole to have that whole section of the the year that you lose when you could be saying that's your off season that's when we concentrate on indoor and stuff like that anyway it that's would, just it, a thought it would make scheduling in the pro league very easy wouldn't it oh, it would be you know. brilliant it would be brilliant but that's only in our minds I'm sure there's greater minds that might have a different take on any that. other news John no not for the moment but we've got plenty to talk about couple of things just quickly. Uh, I saw on Facebook and the social media recently the Pakistan Hockey Federation posts about Mansoor Ahmed, who uh, is pretty much a hero in Pakistan for his hockey deeds. Uh-huh. Won a Champions Trophy, won a World Cup, uh, former captain, goalkeeper. Uh, he's been battling a deteriorating heart condition. 
for some time. The PHF has uh, paid out some money for his outstanding fees at the hospital where he was, and there's also been uh, Federation has also sent a check to his mum, which is really nice because I'm sure at some stage he's going to be. Uh, perhaps at home in her care. Um, the Prime Minister, the Federation has requested two of the Prime Minister's office to, co- who've contacted Mansour's family to inquire about the requirements relating to his treatment and they've also requested to help the great player who's played a heroic role in Pakistan hockey's last two big victories that World Cup in 94 and Champions Trophy in 94. Uh, apparently they're in quite often in contact with Mansour. They're going to visit him regularly. Uh, let's hope he gets better. I'm not sure what the prognosis is, but um, it's it's nice to see the hockey family supporting him there. I think there's been some some help from Shahid Afridi, the cricketer, as well, hasn't there, with with some okay. um, some medical bills. I saw something on the Facebook page, and do check this out if you want to keep up with something different that's happening with Pakistan hockey. Go to Hockey Talkie T A L K I E on Facebook and uh, um, yeah check out Imran Razul on there there's some entertaining stuff happening and some innovation in Pakistan that's time we got to this week's feature interview you are listening to the Reverse Stick the Global Hockey Podcast and this week's feature interview is with Ernst Bart. And what a lot of fun you'll find this conversation to be. Ernst did warn us at the start of the conversation that he can talk a little bit. Um, geez, he can do that. But didn't we enjoy the chat? And, you know, it was uh, great to get all of the hockey enthusiasm out of Ernst. And he's a man who's been around the game for a long time and has been fortunate enough to see his um, his kids do well out of the game and be part of the hockey family. So, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great story to tell. And... Uh, Hopefully you you enjoy listening to the chat. And uh, you kick things off too, because it's your question that leads it off. It is? Advanced, it is. Yeah, it was a funny way that this whole interview got started. So, um, Well, we didn't quite get the interview set up, did we? We just started talking. It wasn't great. The introduction as such. No. Yeah, so, um, and 20 minutes in, we thought, oh, geez, we uh, we better back announce this. Well, you, you basically start the conversation off with uh, talking about what his connection to hockey is and what his journey has been through a hockey world where, where do you fit into the hockey family on a on a personal level are you playing are you coaching yeah. uh, I, I did play uh, back in the days uh, the problem is uh, when I was I think uh, in my early 20s I uh, hurt my first knee and uh, by now I'm in, <laughs> I'm in my 50s and I have got no knees anymore uh, <laughs> so I had to stop playing myself a couple of well, almost ten years ago already. Um, but uh, yeah, like you know, in 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 Belgium and Holland we have a a a, a pretty spectacular club scene yeah. and a hockey club culture, uh, and uh, I'm a really happy part of that hockey family here in in, in Belgium and Holland. So. Uh, uh, me, myself, and my my, my kids, uh, we grew up on on hockey clubs here. Uh, so uh, my kids are still uh, involved in hockey, um, and I'm pretty envious of uh, two of. Tre- <laughs> I got got three kids, one one daughter, two boys, and two out two out of those those three make their living from hockey. Oh, oh wow! And yeah, that is what I'm pretty envious about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I've I've been pretty involved in 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 my own club, uh, bringing up my 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 boys and and following international hockey at the moment. They they got pretty good at it, and uh, then you start following that kind of stuff more and more. Um, and when my oldest son uh, started playing for for the first team of my club, which was playing at the second division level in in Belgium at that moment, 
Um, then at that moment, I, I noticed there was hardly any communication at all about field hockey in Belgium. Uh, you had a, you had one newspaper, uh, a French-speaking newspaper from Brussels, that every Monday had two pages full on field hockey, which was great. But that was only the only medium that uh, the only media attention for our sport. And uh, at that moment, I tried to launch a site called bhockey.com. Um, which what at that moment was was a a, uh, a website yeah, aimed at at news at gossip at at uh, uh, all kinds of fun facts for 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 hockey uh, just to get the word out and and, and to give people a, a possibility to join in it was a forum huh? so people could join in in the chat and, and express their opinions and um, and I had a lot of fun with that uh, and they quickly became the leading website for Belgian hockey. Apart from the official uh, hockey federation site, obviously, uh, but when my oldest son uh, started making his money from hockey and was being employed by the Belgian federation, I decided to, uh, to, to 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 stop that because I was pretty critical of a lot of federation people, like you guys are, <laughs> like I still am for 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 international hockey. But when your son is making his money from the Belgian Federation, it's not always the smartest thing to be criticizing them <laughs> out loud in public. So at that moment, I started. Uh, I, I stopped the, the website completely. I went black, um, and then mostly, well, some of because of people uh, asking me to, to to get back with 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 the website, but mainly because I missed it, uh, and I missed writing writing about hockey. Uh, I relaunched it a couple of years ago, but now it's uh, it's a site where, well, more or less once a month, I I, uh, I publish a blog with my opinion piece, and uh, that has gone more and more towards international hockey, um, since that's where my focus is at the moment as well, and and less about uh, Belgian hockey, and that was the birth of thehockey.com. You certainly write some good stuff on the on the website. It's great. We've been having a look over the last few days. Uh-huh. Thanks, thanks. I, th- I think I, I hope I make some sense sometimes. <laughs> oh, there's some good stuff, and, and uh, yeah, much like ourselves, you like to stir it up a little bit there, hey? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's important so to ask, ask the difficult questions. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's, uh, but okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit in, 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 in the zone where, where I am not as outspoken as I would like to be, and that is mainly because, like I said, I've got my two boys making money from hockey. Uh, so the one, one is the, the, the under 21 national team coach for Belgium, and the other one is playing for Holland. Uh, and, and the youngest one also wants to play in competitions like the Hockey India League. So then it is not always the smartest move to be really outspoken towards the people that you want to be outspoken to. But uh, yeah, I can't help it. I sometimes uh, lose myself and, and still go on a rant. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, tr- I try to be uh, more diplomatic than is in my character at, at, uh, <laughs> in, in, in real life. <laughs> Do you think there's a lack of that in hockey, Ernst? Of, of this uh, critical appraisal of what's going on at that level? Um, yeah, uh, especially if I look uh, over here in, 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 in Holland and in Belgium, I think there, there is a lack of that, uh, internationally as well. Um, you don't need to be critical just to be critical. Uh, I, I am a big stickler for, for, for being still constructive as well. 
but yeah, you, you need you need to be critical sometimes, and 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 too many too many of the media people, yeah, they also get. You gotta tell it like it is. They get paid by the federations. Yeah. And they, the federation that pay their hotels and the travel and 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 a day fee for 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 making promotion or being a commentator or or uh, or writing some 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 hockey pieces uh, on 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 the newspapers or stuff like that. So they they yeah they they it's their clients. So they're not going to be very critical about them always. Uh, you've got you've got people like uh, I don't know if you follow him, uh, Jack Brinkman. The, yeah, the no, I've seen some of his, national. yeah, 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 seen some of his pieces that, that, that pop up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is, he is, he's uh, extremely critical, uh, sometimes uh, uh, absurd. Uh, it, it, it's almost becoming humor because he's, he's the kind of guy who's becoming critical about, and, and just about being critical. And, 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 and less about, about content, I feel, at, uh, at, at some time. So that, for me, is going too far. Uh, but but uh, yeah, hockey and any organization or any sport always benefits from from people who uh, who are not afraid to to uh, to talk up, to to speak up, and to uh, and to to ask the difficult questions sometimes. And so I think criticism is fair, but criticism also has to be tempered by the acknowledgement of people when they do well or organizations when they do well. Is there one thing off the top of your head you can say, you know what, the FIH get this really right, they do a great job at it? Oh, difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I get the feeling that they, they foster, uh, what they do with umpiring is pretty good. And, and we, we have actually, I know at the top level people might whinge about an umpire or two, but Overall, our umpires are pretty good, and they do a great job of promoting quality umpiring below just the nas- that, that international level. I think at the international level, they they do a good job in that in that department. Yeah, true. Uh, a lot of room for for improvement, uh, and and I absolutely love the rants that Simon Orchard goes on from time to time. <laughs> but uh, uh, there are some good umpires out there, and there's some good umpire development programs out there. So there's some good big, good stuff being done, absolutely about uh, by 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 the FIH in that department and in other departments. Uh, to be honest, I think I was pretty skeptical when they launched the Hockey World League. Uh, I still think the, 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 that that entire format is is a bizarre format, and it made it way too complicated. And and uh, entire tournaments playing a final during a semi-final <laughs> tournament <laughs> and stuff like that. It was absolutely bizarre. You can't explain it. But the idea behind it was a good one. Uh, I think it, it 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 includes more countries in 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 our hockey family uh, and, and into international hockey. It gave more countries. The possibility to, to 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 dream about the big tournaments. So I think that was a pretty good thing, and and uh, I'm glad that it will continue. Also, I think it's going to call the Hockey Pro Series or something like that. But uh, I think that was a good do, good development. Uh, I, I guess the problem with it is is you go beyond that, and we talk about the Pro League, and that's a that's a closed door, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that that is pretty bizarre, bizarre construction, uh, in, in in my opinion. Uh, uh, I I I like their idea, and I I think they are right that that home and away games uh, will make a better entertainment product uh, out of our sport. Um, but there are so many disadvantages. Uh, 
And yeah, of, of course, we, we tend to look at it from, from a European perspective out here, uh, where we've got a strong club culture, where we've got, and, and, and this club hockey is, is, is for us, is the foundation of our sport. Without club hockey, there would not be any international hockey uh, of, 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 of a good level. Um, so I, I think both of the, 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 the types of hockey need each other. But uh, the pro league is 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 really making it uh, dangerous for European club hockey uh, in 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 the coming uh, in the coming years. Did I see that the, there's a proposed change for the the Belgian league dates to accommodate pro league? Yeah, the the Belgium league is 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 one of few, and this is what I what I I don't understand about the Dutch federation, for example. Uh, where at the moment there's a, there's a big argument going on between the the whole class of clubs and and the Dutch Federation. They more or less said, okay, yeah, well we've we've got our whole class. Uh, everybody says it's the best competition in the world, so why change it? Um, but <laughs> they they really need to change it because it's an outdated format. Uh, and and this is what the Belgian Federation understood, and and they did a better job at it. And uh, uh, they talked to clubs, they talked to players, they had several. Players from from the national team and, and and coaches from from involved with national teams and coaches involved with clubs could could enter their proposals and um, the clubs decided about it and and and, and they came in a, a new setup for for starting next year, which is not ideal also uh, and, and and it will take getting some used to a, a, a new format and, and some new rules and new ideas and new concepts, but it will make it possible to combine the pro league with with club hockey here in Belgium and uh, it will still be very tough uh, and there will still be some negative effects towards Belgium club hockey but at least they made an effort to 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 make some changes and uh, uh, to to accommodate uh, yeah both types of hockey domestic and international well, you mentioned rules, rule changes, and uh, there's been a fair bit of short <coughs> commentary in the past few days with regard to some of the proposals down here in Australia for the Australian Hockey League. Um, you so gone bananas! <laughs> 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 yes, and it seems to be that that view is being shared by more and more people. Um, but just just on that, what, you talked about um, positive rule changes. What, what, what are the things that have come out of the past five or ten years that you think have been good for the game? Ah, uh, obviously the self-pass. I think that is the main change in, in, in the game of hockey that, that everybody loves and everybody is enthusiastic about. Uh, it, it, it adds to the game, it uh, adds value to the game, it adds excitement to the game, uh, and it re- removes confusion about uh, certain uh, elements of the game. So uh, I think for me the self-pass is, 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 is the greatest uh, innovation in hockey from, from, from recent years. Uh, besides that, I like the, the the rules where there's more flexibility now in in playing above the shoulder. Um, and if you go really, really, really way back, uh, I like that we are not playing with offside anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is an old that is an old change already. Yeah. I'm with you. So you mentioned offside. Another rule that changed uh, within a year or two of offside was the bully. And we're very big advocates of bringing back the bully to hockey. It's so unique, and we don't have to do it to start every half. I'm not talking about just willy-nilly. Or, or quarter. Yeah, uh, but, well, yeah, maybe after every goal we do go back to the bully, but I just think it's something that 
was so unique to our game, it has to be brought back. If we're talking about things to attract people to the game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's... Well, I, I, I absolutely have to laugh every time that I hear you guys uh, winch about bring back the bully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun. I, I never thought about the bully and, 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 and the, the way that it has gone more or less out of the game. And uh, I, I heard, I think it was in, in your podcast with Ashley Morrison that you were talking about the modern players don't even know how to do the bully anymore. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> Probably they don't, yeah. And, and, but I, I, I truly, honestly, I, I never thought about it until you guys started talking about <laughs> it. And <laughs> and I, I, I agree. It is it is it is a a, a something specific to our sport, something uh, fun uh, to watch. It's it's a one-on-one duel if you do it right. Yeah. Uh, and and that adds some value to it. Um, will it make the biggest change? And will it make really? The, the 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 hockey uh, the most popular sport in the world uh, all of a sudden <laughs> I doubt it <laughs> but uh, I I am with you guys uh, to bring back the bully uh, to 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 our game of hockey I tell you what it will do Ernst it will provide an extra celebratory moment <laughs> <laughs> they love that in hockey apparently well, well, uh, not enough of them not enough we need more speaking of uh, celebratory moments points. Two goals yeah. for one. How, where do you stand on the, this goal-scoring system? Um, to be honest, at the moment I hate it. Um, I'm trying really hard to keep an open mind about it. Um, so the first experience I had what it was was with the last uh, Hockey Indian League being played. Uh, I had my son playing there. Uh, and he was on the team playing with uh, Gonzalo Payat. Okay. And if you have Gonzalo Payat on your team, you don't <laughs> want a penalty going reduced to one goal, <laughs> one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I don't like the idea. I, I don't think it adds uh, real value. I think, uh, like you guys state with the, with the bully, the penalty corner is something very specific about hockey, and I think it is a skill. Uh, and and a skill should be rewarded and not depreciated. And uh, so I think uh, for me it it should stay the way it is. But it, it's the kind of change where where I, I try to keep an open mind and 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 uh, uh, maybe that it will add some value for for people who come outside of hockey. I doubt it. But but uh, uh, if if it was up to me, it it, it wouldn't change. Uh, and and what I would certainly not do. Is the kind of thing that you were trying out in uh, in Australia right now with 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 these power plays and and and, and uh, shootouts after every goal. I love a shootout. Uh, it's it's a celebratory moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good shootout and uh, it acts excitement. But but after after every goal and and so that one goal turns into six points at one certain moment. It, it, I don't think that it. It helps our sport. No, and look, and score lines of twenty five eighteen don't suit either, unless you know, unless it's Australia playing against Papua New Guinea in the Oceania qualifiers. Yeah, okay. that, then you expect that. But uh, no, I, I don't think we should. Uh, yeah, you have to learn from other sports, but but uh, we should not uh, aspire to get a basketball score uh, after each hockey game. Uh, we, we are hockey, we are not basketball, we are hockey, we are not football. Uh, let, let's uh, stick to what we are good at and, and have our own culture and have our own uh, identity and, uh, and be proud of that. Oh, yes, yeah, no, yeah, c- c- couldn't agree more. Go, going back to the Pro League, I, 
I thought it was a, a good idea that hockey looks to enter the world of professional sport. I know that perhaps in Europe it's a bit more developed, but we're still pretty much an amateur sport across the globe. But I, I can't see how that's going to work at an international level. I can only see hockey becoming truly professional if it's done at the club level. Do you have any thoughts on um, that? Yeah. Um, basically, from, from, from where I grew up in hockey, I would, be, I would tend to agree. Uh, like, like I said earlier, for, for us, club hockey and, 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 and the family club culture we have in hockey here in, in, in Holland and in Belgium and uh, in, in Germany and uh, some other European countries, uh, is for us, it's, it's truly it's the foundation of the game. Um, and it is where where our professional hockey uh, grew from as well. Is that the only way to go professional hockey? I doubt it because it is a model or it's a culture or it's a, a way of playing hockey that is not feasible around the entire world. I understand why in countries like India or, or, or others there is no club hockey uh, and, and, and they have to find other formats to make their game professional hockey uh, and, and to allow the people who play this game at the highest level to really invest in the game and invest in themselves as, as, as a pro player and um, I think that we, we have to be creative in, in, in finding the ways this is why, why I am a truly big fan of what used to be the Hockey India League so I think that we have to be creative there and, 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 and to be open towards other formats that around the world. Uh, but you have to be careful not to <coughs> sorry, not to, to destroy the existing culture and the existing history and the existing legacy of, 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 of club hockey uh, out here in Europe. Because uh, I think we are <laughs> an important continent for the, for the game of hockey. And uh, truly, that is where our hockey comes from. It's from club hockey. There's been uh, rumours that we're going to see Hockey India League again. They, they're persistent, but there's been nothing you know, concrete that you can hang your hat on as far as... Do you think it's a model that they should just replicate again? Or is it something that they really should be going, this is an opportunity to tweak it and you know, learn the lessons of the past and try and move ahead with it? Well, as 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 a fan and 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 as as a father to a player who's been involved there as a player, I think their setup was pretty good. Uh, I would not change a lot of in 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 the way that they they organized this hockey Indian league. I, I think it did wonders for the for the the international hockey team uh, and for those young players who uh, who came out of it. Uh, I don't know. As a professional model or as a commercial model, uh, did it work for them? And maybe that they have to, to make some changes there um, and, and, uh, and, and make it more viable for them, uh, for the sponsors and for the, the people uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> investing the money behind this. Yeah. Uh, that, that I can't judge. Uh, that, that is for them to judge. But uh, I, I absolutely loved their, 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 their format. I loved the, 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 the Indian spectacle and the Indian chaos about it as well. Um, I'm also really happy that it's only six weeks a year and, and not, not more. But, but uh, during those six weeks, uh, it was really fun uh, to, to, to watch uh, Hockey India League. So we talk about big tournaments and we've got the Knockout 16 coming up in Rotterdam in a couple of weeks' yes. time. Now, just before we get on to that, do you think there's a potential future for 
the champions of the EHL playing against the champions of the Hockey India League, playing against the champions of the Australian Hockey League, and, and you know wherever else it might may well be in in the world. Well, obviously that 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 is a nice idea, um, but I I already opposed uh, the idea of of some kind of a global club league um, earlier <coughs> because. It, 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 it becomes really hard to 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 uh, to finance all of that. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, basically, it, it, it would be a good idea. It would be good for 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 uh, putting hockey on the map, maybe, uh, because I, I'm sure that will will create some spectacular hockey. Um, but I think that there are, it, it's it's difficult to mix. International hockey and domestic hockey. Yeah, and uh, I think you have to be careful there. So on to Rotterdam. You're, uh, I understand, you're going to be heading to the tournament. Absolutely, absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss the EHL for the world. So for those that haven't experienced an EHL game, and you know, you get some packed crowds there for it. What's, what's the experience like game day? Ah, it's 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 wonderful. It's uh, um, especially uh, I've, I've been to EHL uh, in in or to European tournaments in Germany and into Spain. It, it's it's uh, a little bit less uh, of a f- big fan experience in these countries. But if you do this in Belgium and in Holland uh, or in the UK, um, it's 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 amazing. Uh, you've got the entire hockey family out there. Uh, and I really mean families. These are fathers, mothers with, with children, with grandfathers, all uh, part of this big hockey family. We all used to play it or, or, or watch it and, 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 uh, and coming together on, on, on the stands. And if you watch those games with, with uh, a, a stadium filled with four, five, six, seven, eight to ten thousand people, yeah, that, uh, without any uh, police. Uh, having to be yeah. there to, to, to guard against fans going r- and doing riots and stuff like that. No, it's all friendly. A lot of friendly banter between the team's uh, supporters. But it, it's, 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 it's fun, it's fair play, and it, it's just great being there. Yeah, I'm getting a buzz hearing, hearing that from you. It's just one you, you mentioned the crowds there. Something that marketing people keep telling us is to uh, to get people to go to games of hockey, we need to have dancing girls and fireworks and all sorts of <laughs> side entertainments. But I'm, from what I'm hearing from you, this is just about the hockey. All that other stuff is just irrelevant, and people are going to watch hockey. Well, yes and yes and no. Uh, I, I think there, especially if you if you do events like this EHL. Uh, there has to be a little bit more than just the games on the pitch, uh, because these are, for us, these are really family outings. These are dads going there with sons, uh, watching multiple games, and, and, and in between games, they, they go and then they have some, some, some adventure hockey uh, skill park where, where the, the kids can, can enjoy, and, and, and there are some, some uh, good bars where the, where the fathers can enjoy themselves with, with their friends uh, and, and have a good beer. Um, so it's a little bit the, the, the mix, and I understand that if you you do these kinds of things in India, it's it's more or less of a, 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 a Bollywood show, and, and you have a lot of dancing girls and a lot of fireworks and stuff like that. It, it's a little bit less here in Europe. Uh, that's not in our culture, but I, I, I'm not opposed to having a lot of entertainment around a hockey game 
if that would attract more supporters. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, it's, I, I think it's, I it's think not why good. I go to hockey, uh, and I don't want it during the game. But if it's around the game and it attracts and it adds to to, to the entire fan value of of, of this event, I, I'm not opposed to it. How about uh, something, say, perhaps uh, a celebrity of 11 versus, say, a, uh, a reverse stick World 11 game, a precursor to a, a gold medal match? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that a lot of people are, are, are dying to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for your better confidence. <laughs> but but, but, but I, I would think it's a fun idea. <laughs> no, I think the... Uh, it's called event, it's a venue activation, isn't it? It's, and we like to think of it as music and food trucks. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, yeah. but no, it's, it's, that's, yeah, that's it's important. That is important, and, and, and we need we need to pay a lot of attention to that. Um, I, I uh, also was at the the first European Cup that was being played in Belgium since a long time in 2013. Uh, and and what they really did, they they made it a truly great family experience. There was a, a, a small village where everybody came together. You see people from other clubs that that you encounter two or three times a year. You have a beer with these people, uh, uh, especially okay if you have some kids doing the international programs. That you meet parents from other nations in 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 in, uh, in four nation tournaments and or in European Cups and stuff like that. You encounter these people again over there. You have some beers together, and and that is all. Yeah, that makes it a good fan experience, uh, and, and I love that. Who are you going to be supporting in Rotterdam? Ah, uh, difficult. Uh, it's it's uh, the first year. I think since uh, existence, and I do not have a son playing in it, uh, so I don't have a team especially to root for. Uh, but uh, yeah, obviously the, the the team where my son used to play, Oranje Zwart or Oranje Rood uh, or Orange Red, I have yeah. to say these days, um, is is uh, is my favorite team at the moment. Uh, but I I will be rooting also for uh, Polo de Barcelona and uh, and for the Belgian teams. What about Heracles? Well, story, I, I, I love I love that Heracles is in there. It's 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 not my club in Belgium. Uh, I'm originally from Antwerp, uh, but uh, what I love about about Heracles and and what I really think is 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 amazing what they did. This is a kind of club where it is predominantly homegrown talent, and that is still something special here out here here in the in the European club culture. The top clubs all. Import a lot of top players yeah. to their to their top teams, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I I I absolutely am behind that concept because I think you need international players coming in from another culture to grow as a, a young player, as a young talent yourself. But what Heracles is doing, and it's one of the few clubs uh, in Belgium, but but also throughout Europe, that is really able to play high standard hockey. With predominantly homegrown talent, and, yeah. uh, and that is amazing. So uh, I, I was really happy for them that they had a, an amazing year last year in the Belgian competition. It's been fabulous talking to you. It's good to know that uh, there's people out there thinking about the game. It's, uh, it's a great thing uh, promoting hockey uh, all all over the world. Uh, you guys from Australia, we we here in in Europe, and uh, we would love to uh, to talk some more about uh, about our favourite game. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast that was Ernst Bart. Ernst is the founder of bhockey.com. B-E, it's a 
hyphen hyphen b e hyphen hockey dot com and you can see all of his opinions and all of his articles on that website. Some really good stuff on there, and some of it is a little bit inflammatory at times. Oh, um, but it, like we discussed in the interview, there it's uh, it's important we think to have somebody uh, asking the questions and providing you know sometimes some probing points of view. Um, it might upset a few people around and about somewhere, but we can't just hide away from from things, can we? No, there is a thing called hybrid vigor, Matt. I think it's is important. It? Yes, I, I think you need you need solid criticism so you can you can breed your hybrid vigor. It's a strong it's a it's a loose metaphor, but it works sort of maybe. Well, uh, where, where yeah, are we great, going great, now? Great, great to catch up with Ernst anyway, and uh, more there, next week for there, there'll be more from Ernst next week. Yeah, about one of the uh, exciting projects that he's involved with. And um, a little finger in a pie. Oh, fantastic, and he's working very closely with, with Bernardo, uh, who we've, we've uh, interviewed before on the show from South Pass, and uh, you know they, these guys are doing really positive things for hockey. Okay, your turn again this week. What's You're going to lead this one off. Time to get to Frank and Nines. Frank and Nines. Ah, 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 ah. So it was a big discussion of topic last week for us in the show. We obviously brought you some of the background information on some of the new formats that are being trialled at the moment by Hockey Australia um, in different states and uh, the main crux are of, of the idea is you know a potential mixed competition uh, male and female gender mixed plus separate male and female um, parts to the game um, a sh- uh, reduced number of players potentially um, and then a few gimmicks along the way like power plays and one-on-ones directly after goals have been scored um, a fair mishmash of, of different ideas. Now, to be fair, Hockey Australia haven't come out and said that we're, we're looking to implement all of these things in full. Um, then they're reserving judgment on how the trials go and what the feedback goes like with the trials. And uh, obviously, we shared some of our feedback um, on last week's show. Uh, there's uh, not a lot of love from us for the proposed formats, and we're not alone. No. I, I've, my whisper is it's going ahead anyway and I was sort of a bit dubious about that but then I saw a story from David Polkinghorn in the Canberra Times yep uh-huh. uh, from the 21st to the 3rd and it's with Anna Flanagan and it's it's you know nice little piece and not complaining about anything Anna said but one of the things she has said is that uh, she'll She's also looking forward to the New Look Australian Hockey League to continue to press her claims for an Australian return. It will be in a home-and-away type format with teams reduced to nine aside, a concept that excited Flanagan. She'll be eligible to play for New South Wales because she's part of their Academy of Sport. They shall play for Canberra Strikers. So they've already got the model. Obviously, the players are not having a crack at Anna, by the way. You know, that's... It's, it's not her job to set up the competitions that players are supposed to play. Well, I find it interesting that you say that she'll play for Canberra Strikers. Well, that's, what, that's what this article um, says. So <laughs> it's going to be live streamed and hopefully Canberra gets some games. Five-week period, nine aside. David read the press release, though. That's, that's, you know, that, that's the I think it's already been... The, I'm told the already, it's already sold to the players, as far as this is what we're going to do. So... I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But what I will say is that we do have a board. Hockey Australia has a board, and ultimately, what goes on in Hockey Australia is their responsibility. What at the direction of the national game, 
And you look through that the board, the president, Melanie Woosnam, she was eight years president of Redlands Hockey Association. She's been a hockey rude. She held an AOS scholarship. You know, these are, that's the president. These are people that have, have got genuine, strong hockey links to the heritage of the game. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Juliet Haslam, two Olympic golds, two World Cups, five champion trophies. Uh, credentialed players, Tracy Bellman, she's won an Olympic gold medal. And even the people who don't have those stellar, stellar sort of playing records, you've got a guy like uh, Patrick Hall, who is uh, a life member just down the road yep, at Melbourne Hockey Club, I, and he's, he's very that. much responsible for that turf that we play our Summer Sevens hockey on yep. being there. These are all people that have really good, strong records in, in grassroots hockey. Um, you know, even Sandra Sully, okay, it might be easy to say, oh, Sandra's there because she's on Channel 10 or whatever, but she still has uh, hockey in her background. She's she's not someone that's just flying herself no, in we, there. No, we, we, we know, were happy when Sandra Sully went onto the yeah, board of yeah, Hockey Australia sure. because we, we saw the potential for a broadening in the media landscape of, of hockey, and she's an influential broadcaster. Um, she's a, a vociferous <laughs> tweeter yeah, and yeah, has, cool. uh, you know, put the good word out for Hockey Australia. Um, and, you know, done some nice little pieces promoting the game and that sort of thing. I don't know how much influence she actually has with Inside Channel 10, her network, as to w- what hockey gets aired and doesn't get aired. Um, what, what I would like to say, you know, they're going to make a decision. Don't let this be your legacy. Do not be the ones that cut off 92 years of Australian hockey history because that's what is going to go and happen that's what will effectively happen I've got nothing against some nines product being produced to try and raise profiles and all of that I think it will die the natural death that it probably would anyway but to destroy the legacy of the Australian Hockey League and what it stands for as an 11 side competition is just madness please don't make it your legacy well you mentioned players before, and we shared a post uh, yesterday, uh, as we're recording, from Heath Ogilvie. Now, Heath's the current Australian indoor captain, um, brother of Flynn, uh, uh, Cookaburra, and somebody who's featured on the show before. And uh, Heath twice represented Australia indoor World Cups. Um, he... It's a rather lengthy piece. It's an open letter to Hockey Australia and affiliated state bodies. Um, and it's very well balanced. Um, I'll take you down to the, you know, one of the most pertinent paragraphs here is, my major concern is the recent proposals concerning modifying field hockey by adding all kinds of new rules and formats, presumably to make it more marketable and attract media and media attention. In this regard, I refer to the content of the following link. So he's gone on to, um, share the feed for some of the stuff we talked about last week. The problem that I see with this strategy is that in making the current game of field hockey almost unrecognisable to that with which we all grew up, we risk alienating the hockey purist traditionalist while not really creating a game to grab the attention of the Australian sporting public. Hear, hear. The cricket establishment did not destroy test match cricket in order to satisfy the need of the masses for fast, skillful, high-scoring games that suit the short attention span of most sports followers. They successfully marketed one-day cricket, and when even that did not produce a result quickly enough, 2020 cricket. By this means, every cricket follower, and even those who know nothing about the game, have a form of cricket to which they can relate. And he then goes on to talk about um, the success of the Indoor World Cup, particularly in Europe and in Germany, um, ticket sales, 
coverage on yeah. media and references back to Sarah Juggins' um, article that was on the FIH website with regard to the success of the indoor game. Um, you've got to get a, ch- check it out. You can go onto our Facebook feed, you can go onto our Twitter feed. You get, you get a link to it. But it's yeah, for me, it's a big here here, and it's it's important that here is a voice from a player, John. Here is a voice from yeah, a player. Yeah. Well, I, I was I was hoping we'd hear from some players. I'd be interested to hear from more players about what they think. I, I was talking, thinking about the Players Association one, but I tried to find Players Associations and I'm not sure how many there are. I do know there's one here in Australia, the Australian Hockey Players Association, recently set up by Simon Orchard, amongst others, the AH. Yeah, I think Tim Deegan was involved yeah. originally and I think Ash Nelson is now the yeah. the head of the, okay. the body. Um they ha- I mean, I'm not sure if they feel that it's their position to be coming out and saying something about this, but I would think if hockey needs to go forward and, and have professional players, they do need a professional body, like you see in other sports, that does come out and comment on these issues that do directly affect players. Now, that position might be, we love it, gets after you guys can, you know, we're going to go and play it. Um, it might be, well, we're not, we'd rather play 11 aside. We don't know, but it would be good if we did have that organisation within players, both nationally and internationally. Yeah, I think it's important to get that voice. But if have the have the players' association here in Australia been already been contacted and said, look, guys, we're going to make this professional. Um, this is the route. Get on board or get off the train. It's uh, because this is the way we're going to go. And there is an opportunity to earn some money from the game at a professional level here in Australia, outside of. Coaching and you know other bits and pieces that that you could potentially do for a club that could earn some cash for you. You're going to get paid to play. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll keep on that one on the social medias and we'll keep you know supporting the no case as far as nine aside for the AHL. Let's make this strict. That's what we're talking about. The Australian national competition's got to keep its primacy. Have a nine side competition that runs over five weeks, a la Hockey India, but with two less players. That's fine. Well, but don't you, destroy you, the sanctity of that tournament. You talk about primacy. Here's, here's one of the things in um, Heath Ogilvie's uh, open letter there. One ex-Australian player recently made the point to me that the new AHL formats proposed would detract from the feeling of winning the AHL that the players currently get. Well, there you go. And you know, that's what we talk about, that importance, isn't it? Yeah. Well, more to come on that story. Hopefully, uh, not too much more. They'll just... On the There's surveys out there at the moment. I, I implore you, Hockey Australia, don't hide the surveys between the individual products that are out there through state associations. Put it out nationally. Put it out to the wider hockey community. You want to get 25 bucks a player to help fund the future of the game in Australia through your increase in fees, then give every single one of those people that you're going to take the money off and we're not saying that it's a bad thing. You've got to do good things with the money. Let them have a voice. Put it out as a national survey. That'd be a good idea. Shall we move up the chain? A couple? Go from a national association, skip the, um, the, the regional association and just head straight to the top? Yeah, who cares about the Confederations, hey? Yeah, what we'll, de- we'll deal with them another day. <laughs> it's FIH News. Oh, where do we start? Well, it was a bit of a shock um, getting the link through to, to read this. And, of course, 
as quite a lot of the hot topics do appear of late um, in the hockey world, it's via a certain gentleman called Ashley Morrison. Yes, this being a, um, an opinion piece that turned up on the Not the Footy Show blog. It's t- entitled "Looking for." Well, it's titled. Sorry, it's called "Looking for Answers." And when was um, it? When was this released? March seventeen. So just a few days ago. Now, day after we recorded that podcast, I think was it. Anyway. Um, it's because he didn't mention a word. Well, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, but it was around about the time we were hoping to hear about the um, uh, appointment of a new CEO, which we believe is done and dusted. Yeah, the secret squirrel's been at it again because uh, he's laid bare some problems the FIH are going to have moving forward with the Pro League, and uh, potentially the consequences of these problems. Enlarging is, you know, potential criminal prosecution, which isn't, and bankruptcy. Yeah, bankruptcy is a word that, well, obviously, if it was me, criminal prosecution would be worrying me, <laughs> but bankruptcy for our sport seems like a ridiculous proposition. Um, it, it, it really does. So give the listeners a bit of um, a vibe to the piece, and you can get on to notthefootyshow.com and have a full read of it and just look, oh, yeah, look for the article mentioned there by John. Okay, a letter has emerged that has been sent to the chair of the FIH governance panel by the chair of the Hockey Pro League and countersigned by members of the Pro League management panel. This letter was sent on the 27th of February, is requesting an independent investigation relating to the signing of a contract on behalf of the FIH that we have been informed could jeopardise the implementation of the Hockey Pro League and potentially lead to bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. Uh, bank, well, as Ashley said, this is an explosive development. It is a development that cannot be ignored, and the authors of the letter are to be applauded for penning it. Uh, the letter advises the information was disclosed during a meeting on the 1st of February and was confirmed in an email and broadcast report that was sent to the LMP members and to some FIH executive board members on the 19th of February. So this is pretty detailed stuff about what was going on. The issue outlined in the letter concerns a contract between the FIH and Star Sports in India in which it is claimed that the FIH will ensure that India will participate in the Hockey Pro League and that the FIH will use its best endeavours to ensure the participation of Pakistan. Now, of course, go back a few months um, when Hockey World League finals were taking place in India. We found it quite astounding that after... Uh, the nine teams have been set for the men's and women's competition that Hockey India decided to pull out of that competition and said it doesn't work for us um, and then in BBI we found the former CEO as far as we know Jason McCracken um, announced that they wanted to find a way back for India and basically anything could happen Oh, well, look, it's, it's, I don't really know what to make of it, to be honest. So, Ashley's piece is very in-depth, um, names, a lot of names and, and dates and, and times where um, different people were involved and who was involved in, in certain panels and uh, selection committees. Um, and look, it's, 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 it just seems it seems very messy, and there's lots of questions hanging over who saw what, and were the right questions asked at the at different meetings and board meetings, and were those difficult questions minuted um, 
otherwise there's a lot of people that could find find themselves in the firing line. It seems to me the Hockey Pro League was running around telling all the various potential nations to, that were going to be involved that no, no, everybody's in this barrel fairly, there's no deals being done, everything's hunky-dory and sweet and everything is going to be above board. And they've since found out that everything wasn't above board because the FIH had signed a deal and it explicitly stated certain nations were going to be all given preferential advantage treatment to be in the tournament. Now, what the, the, India was a given, but Pakistan, pa- Pakistan was, if possible, if po- was they were going to give them every chance. Yeah, and we'll, which would say by putting them in Scotland does give them a chance. Yeah. So, um, I think that's that's the crux of the matter where we're at. Then then it gets into stuff about, you know, who knows what to who and which board so and so's on and who's still there and who's left the organisation. And that's one of the problems at the moment, is that it it, it appears leaderless, the FIH at the moment. And if there's one thing Dr. Batra could be doing to prove that he is a leader worthy of the position of the president of the FIH, it is come back and lead. If there ever was a time for an FIH president to stand up and make, believe, make, it's now. Make, it is now. Make a statement. Make statements, make decisions, and, and do something, because it appears outside of that circle. It's just floundering, and there's, all direction is lost. A, a rudderless ship. Um, yeah. Let, let's hope that the... The new inbound CEO, whoever it may be, and we think we've got an idea of, of uh, where, oh, where, where they're coming from. And well, we've already uh, said yeah, it. Not, yeah, Our mate's not. getting it. Yeah. Well, I, I hear that might not be, oh, be, really? be the case. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but apparently decisions have been made. Spurs on the dance floor. <laughs> and I would expect he loves to, loves to sing song, doesn't he? he loves to sing song. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like you said last week, we'd, we'd expect an announcement over the weekend or early in the week. I think maybe Ashley's piece here has put the spanner in the works a little bit and might have slowed things down. What I would say, there seems to be dysfunctionality. Um, so first first and foremost, you've got to clear the decks with that. You've got to speak out and, and give people a real clear picture of what's going on. But I hope to hell, if somebody has signed on the dotted line to take on the new CEO's job, that they've had full disclosure with where we're at at the moment in the game. Yeah, because uh, the last thing you want to do is get three months down the track and someone turn around and say, you guys didn't tell me this stuff, I'm out of here. Yeah, see you later, and that puts us back another year again. Yeah, Um, absolutely. It seems to be a lot of decisions being taken at the moment that are knife-edged decisions. We can either benefit really well from it within the game or it might put us quite a a few steps back. Um, Proceed with caution. And just before we leave the FIH, I think we'll leave it there for now. You got anything, guys, to add to that little discussion? I've just got one thing to add while we're with the FIH. If you go to their homepage, the FIHF.ch, their website homepage, and it's got that little scrolly banner of highlights of what's going on the latest in the world of hockey. Uh, when it first opens up, it's the Rabobank Hockey Champions Trophy, and there's some lovely graphics there with some fireworks. And Billy Backers on there. Yeah. Schedule on out to get your tickets. And in uh, one one corner of the graphic there, it's a, a video that you can play. It's called the Final Edition. Uh huh. What? Don't celebrate this. You, you're killing off a tournament people love. Don't celebrate it. It's nothing to be happy about. It's a funeral. Okay, so we want the Champions Trophy to go on. Lots of people do want the Champions Trophy to be on, going on. Please. 
do don't it. celebrate it by all means put up lots of stuff about the results and it's going on but don't make it out as though you care bye bye champions trophy it is a sad day <laughs> Still got more to talk about, let alone get get to the feedback just yet. A uh, couple of things up online. I can hear your research going on over there. Yeah, but uh, activity in Ireland, fair bit going on. Thank you to Enniscore, the hockey club I mentioned before. Um, they got in touch a couple of weeks ago, and one of the big issues they've got there in Ireland at the moment in their particular region is getting boys playing the game. Now, obviously, the girls, no problem, because they just won, uh, I think it was the Jackie Potter um, Cup quite recently. Um, but they're struggling with getting boys into the game because they're losing to soccer and Gaelic football yeah. and rugby and I don't think you're alone there guys uh, we've just got to plough our own furrow with that sort of thing um, you know my feelings with it it's about getting the kids playing the games to get the gear get the coaching equipment get the resources into the schools as young as you can and uh, that's the only way we're going to fight off that sort of thing uh, whilst we're still in Ireland the bassinet to bully that's the program we'll call it bassinet to bully Oh, got to get the body in there. Thanks, thanks it thanks doesn't sound it. good if you put that poster up around the place. I'm not sure you're going to get too many phone calls from childcare. But, but, but Bully's uh, got the, that negative connotation, but we need to we need to own we that. We need it. to own it. Um, also in Ireland, some interesting stuff came up on the. Uh, I saw on the the feed of Johnny Bruton, ex-Irish international, plays for the Corinthians club um, in Dublin. There, um, some controversial bits and pieces came up. There was some comments made by a club. Um, UCD that they played against that were uh, pretty defamatory and uh, not very nice towards Johnny or his um, his wife and there's a fair bit of controversy going on with there's apologies happening and but it was it basically basically, basically online sledging is what it's what it's all yeah. about there John now we don't mind the sledge on the field do we absolutely not I'm all for sledging. You missed that trap, mate. I'm going to let you know about it, especially if we score a goal off it. But, you know, I'm not interested in your girlfriend. Not interested in your mother. Not interested in that sort of stuff. Yeah. It, it often strikes me as being counterproductive anyway. Well, the, the, I think they're hiding behind the fact that they're, they're students and there's a little bit of an allowance to, for bad behaviour. But, guys, don't put it on social media unless you're going to say it to somebody's face. And I don't reckon you'd be saying it to his face. Yeah, the other side of that is you always know if someone starts gobbling about your relationships with people or that, those sorts of issues, you know they've lost the plot. Just laugh at them. Yeah, good on you, mate. You keep going down that path. Now, we've made some good strides to getting some coverage at the uh, Masters World Cup and the Men's Masters World Cup happening in Terrassa uh, or back end of July. But the International Masters Hockey Federation are searching for um, officials they need umpires, they need tech bench people. Don't you? John's standing there sort of stretching out in front of me here, uh, waving a pretend yellow card in the air. Or is it yellow or is it a red? Oh, no, it's just a green. It's okay. No. Um, apparently looking for officials three or four months out from the, from the tournament. Um, look, if you want to get involved, guys, there's an opportunity there. You want to become an international umpire? Book your flight to Terrassa, take your whistle with you. There's a good chance you might get a game. Oh, it'll be great fun. To tournament to be around too whether you're playing officiating whatever you happen to be if you're there and mm. you get into the event you're bound to have a good time uh, we're, Com Games is getting very close to yes. Commonwealth Games I think next next week we'll do a bit of a um, 
a bit of a, some factoids on the Commonwealth Games for people outside of the Commonwealth who might not know or care anything about it whatsoever. Well, you know what? That's a question we miss asking Ernst. Did he know about the Commonwealth Games? Yes. Did he care? <laughs> yeah, did he care? <laughs> um, I did notice that the... Well, the Dutch... You e- could argue the Dutch found Australia. Well, they did. Yeah, they did. Huh? We've, we've, we've well, right Nest Island. Right no, Nest Island. Dirk Hardog first. Yeah, yeah. Then Fleming. Yeah, oh, look, plenty of Dutchmen have been to the West Coast. But yeah, Com, Com Games coming up. We'll talk more about that next week and the week after. And of course, next week we'll also cover some of the EHL Knockout 16 coming up. We had a bit of a brief mention of it there with Ernst before. Um, and obviously with Oriel from Score.com the week previously. Uh, England women, three late pullouts there. Lily Owsley, a couple of the other girls. Um, so good opportunity for some people getting in at the late stage there. Tyron Barnard. Yes. Congratulations, Tyron. Jabu, um, he's uh, going to run a series of pieces with South Africa Hockey. The very first one is out now. It's under the title of The Breakaway. And Marsha Cox is his very first interview on there. Did you see Tyron uh, tweeted his shoes? I did. He's got about 30 pairs of runners, and half of them are pink. I, I didn't see one set of brogues there. Nothing in... Le- nothing in... Native African skin whatsoever. No, I'm I'm, I'm a fan of the as you know of, of the Larry shoe. Um, he's got a problem. Yeah, pr- you're not going to miss those feet, are you, in a tackle? Um, <laughs> now, what else have we got? Uh, Frank Hockey, the latest uh, episode number seven's out. Out is uh, from more. Andy Wilson. Still going strong. So one more left of the series there. Check it out on your favourite podcast provider. Uh, talking about podcast providers, John. Apple. Apple problems. Right. So our apologies to anybody that's listening now that's somehow managed to pick this one up but not pick up episode 39 or episode 40. Uh, There are issues with the Apple podcast player. The shows are showing up on iTunes. They're not showing up on the podcast app um, on the phone. I deleted the app this evening, reloaded the app. I somehow managed to keep all of my um, subscribe podcasts on there. And lo and behold, episodes 39 and episode 40 have popped up on there. So it's the only workaround we can find with it at the moment. Apologies for those that are listening Run that on iTunes. Run again. What do you do? You so um, delete the app. Yep, your current Apple podcast the, the, the app. The podcast app from Apple. Load it up again. Okay. And, the, and they appear they, they appear on iTunes on the PC and on the Mac. Who knows what's going on there, right. guys. Out of our control. Oh, what else we got, John? Well, I've got a bit of feedback, actually. Go for it. Uh, I think we might we might actually run a competition with this bit of feedback. We'll call it, Guess Who Wrote This Letter? And uh, it was an email sent to me following our conversation uh, involving a, a photograph that appeared of Taff Armoured. Uh, wearing Taff from the hockey family? From the hockey family. Taff was photographed next to the, the Women's World Cup. And he had a, a rather um, fine piece of knitted uh, wool... Bullet finery, finery. Well, it was a polo neck, really, wasn't it? He called oh, it. A or was cardigan. it a cardigan? Well, no, 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 no. But when is a cardigan not a cardigan? Well, if it's got a zip uh, or buttons, go. I've, I've got it on good authority. Now, I okay. want you to guess who has sent this email to us. A cardigan is a knitted garment that traditionally was open in the front and could be fastened by buttons. In more modern times, buttons have been replaced by a zip. But the zip does not look nearly as good, in my opinion. I believe that it used to be a sleeveless vest with buttons up the front and gained for its name from the Earl of Cardigan, a place in Wales, as no doubt Matt will know. 
I believe that he was part of the charge of the Light Brigade, and this was, in fact... No, no, I, I have nothing to do with the <laughs> Light Brigade whatsoever. This is scurrilous. Well, this is where the, where the garment rose in popularity. This one I'll get you. Karuna Val Dunican was a big wearer <laughs> of the cardigan. He was. And who can forget Paul Michael Glazer in Starsky and Hutch wearing his? Chunky net. I do not know when sleeves were added. Maybe some Welsh grandma decided just to keep knitting and Viola sleeves. Well, talking about Welsh grandmas, if any of the, uh, the old birds from Hockey Wales uh, are listening in, perhaps you can fill us in on that one. Um, who was that from? That was from a mystery email sender who didn't tell us about the big scoop on what was going on on the FIH oh, TV. Oh, the very world. same. And TRS World 11 hopefuls, we haven't forgotten about you at all. We've just been a bit bloody busy to get the emails out. But before the end of the week, and probably before this podcast lands, you'll get a message in your inbox and, uh, oh, you know, you can spread the joy of being a member of the TRS World 11. And we'll announce it next week. We will. And catch up with us on the socials. You'll find out who the teams are. You'll get us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter, all at the reverse stick. And, of course, as always, tell your mates. Yep. Have a great weekend of hockey, mate. Score some goals. Two old men, John and Matt, they're sitting on a bench at the local club and they're feeding the magpies and watching As the youngsters. Yeah. And uh, John turns to Matt and, and asks, Matt, do you think there's hockey in heaven? And Matt thinks about it for a minute and replies, I don't know, but let's make a deal. If I die first, I'll come back and I'll tell you if there's hockey in heaven. And if you die first, you do the same. So they shake on it and sadly, a few months later, poor Matt passes on. And soon afterward, John sits by the pitch, feeding the magpies by himself and watching the young kids. And he hears a voice whisper, John, John. John responds, Fuck me, a talking bird. Matt, is that you? Yes, it is, John, whispers Matt's ghost. John, still amazed, asks, So, is there, is there hockey in heaven? Well, says Matt, I've got good news and bad news. Give me the good news first, says John. Matt says, well... There is hockey in heaven. John says, well, that's great. Uh, What news could be bad enough to ruin that? Matt sighs and whispers, you're in goal on Friday. Mm.